This is Dr. Daniel Van Ingen with this week's parenting podcast on the time technique. I want to talk about happiness and our relationship with time. It's a deeply reflective exercise, and I, I believe that this time technique will be helpful in working with your children uh, as you think about happiness. But first, let's talk about the happiness trap. Okay, number one, it is a trap to think that external events give us permanent happiness, right? This is obvious. All events are temporary. We go up, then we come back down to earth. The lesson here is to teach our kids to be in the moment, to embrace the moment. But also, as we have discussed in the past, all emotions are important. Sadness is as important. We feel more deeply when we consider all of the feelings as important. Number two in the happiness trap, money doesn't buy us happiness. As we've, see, as we've seen with lottery winners, um, and yes, we've all read articles that, that uh, those who win the lottery, their lives totally flame out. But I'm happy to report that most people who win the lottery are doing just fine. But in terms of happiness, their happiness went up for six months. It then went back down to their previous level of happiness. It's called hedonistic adaptation. We adapt to the new situation, and happiness doesn't really get a, a statistically significant boost. So, so we can look at money, and as long as our needs are met, happiness doesn't change, research shows. Number three, happiness can't come from another person. If we look to another to make us happy, that is too much of a burden to put on another. And by this theory, are they also responsible for our unhappiness? Of course not. We are responsible for our own happiness, 100%. And so in a relationship, it's very important that each individual is in charge of their own happiness. So the whole idea of, excuse me, you make me happy, really, it's I make myself happy, and then I give to you um, and invest in this relationship. And really, it's the other person who is 100% responsible for their happiness. Yes, it doesn't go with the wording of our traditional English uh, for hundreds of years, you make me happy. It just sounds a lot more straightforward and direct. But this is an important lesson. It's an important principle that... And, and we want to teach our children this very important principle. Every teen can make themselves happy. It's not what their parents do or don't do. It's not how uh, smart or lack thereof they are. It's not how annoying they are. Look, bl- the blame game gets them nowhere. Taking 100% responsibility, it gets them closer. It's no guarantee. It doesn't deliver them happiness, but it gets them going in the right direction. But let's talk about time. I call this the time technique. And I think it's really important to help process our relationship with time as it relates to happiness. So if we are focusing on, so it's helpful to think about, so if someone's unhappy, um, and one of the questions I ask in therapy when I'm working one-on-one with people, if they're unhappy, is it because of something in the past? Is it because of what's happening in the present? Or is it because of things that are that we're focused on? Is it related to the future? 
and, um, and a lot of times when it's related to the future, it may be anxiety because a lot of times it's worry has to do with some negative threat that could happen. And we tend to, anxiety really has to do with the future. But here specifically, I'm talking about unhappiness. And so um, the time technique is about reflecting on whether this unhappiness or in replacement of that, our happiness is related to the past, the present, or the future. So the time technique is about our relationship with time. So if someone is unhappy about the past, what they're doing is uh, they're engaging in a selective attention bias. And so they're selectively processing information about what didn't go well or how things didn't go well in the past. The answer is looking at things differently, taking a different perspective, processing positive information uh, rather than negative information. It's focusing on what did go well. And gratitude exercises helps with that. So regardless of what has happened in the past, sometimes it's focusing on other positive information. Or if it's a specific event, focusing on how on what did go well. And, you know, this touches on the ultimate reframe is viewing adversity as positive. So there's always growth. There's always gain from pain. There's always lessons learned. And there's always positives that come out, out of adversity. But the answer in terms of unhappiness related to something or some things in the past, the answer is gratitude. Now, Let's say we're talking about happiness in the present. What are we talking about? We're really talking about three things. When people are happy, they're talking about uh, flow. They're talking about meaning. And they're talking about pleasure, pleasurable activities. So one thing that always can be done is increasing flow. Flow is related to being so immersed in a moment, in an activity, that there's a removal of consciousness, that they're so embraced. Think of the rock climber who's not worried about changing his alternator on his RAV4. Instead, uh, he or she is just so engaged, so immersed in climbing. So there's looking for what are my flow activities? That's always a good therapeutic question a good reflection question for life. What are my flow activities? When we're not talking about flow, we're talking about meaning or pleasurable activities. So when it comes to pleasurable activities, you know, what gives us pleasure? So I was talking to a pastor recently and he definitely has meaning in his life. He has spiritual meaning, he has philosophical meaning, he has relationship meaning. His work is influential, and he finds so, uh, so much meaning, so much substance, so much substantial meaning in what he does. He loves what he does. But his unhappiness was, was related to a lack of pleasurable activities in his life. And so what he needed to do was increase his pleasurable activities. And so fishing and hunting and, and other things that he did really allowed him to derive more pleasure in life. 
One may have pleasurable activities, but lack meaning. I was recently talking to an accountant, and for her, she was talking about how she wanted to be in a career that had more meaning in her life. She felt like crunching numbers and doing taxes lacked substantial meaning. So she began to contemplate whether she wanted to pursue a different career um, that was more meaningful for her. The other thing that we discussed was how um, she could uh, find ways to bring more meaning into what she already is skillful at. So we talked about volunteering um, for to help people in rehabs uh, at reha rehabilitation facilities who got injured, volunteering to help with their taxes. Just little things like this of brainstorming where we began to say, oh yeah, you know, maybe it's doing more things here on a Tuesday evening and maybe it's adding more meaning, um, you know, uh, when I'm connecting with others. And so looking to be a part of something bigger than uh, herself was important. So it's, it's meaning. So if you look at happiness in the present, it comes down to increasing flow, increasing pleasurable activities, and increasing meaning. It's sort of like a trifecta. If we're talking about the future, the future is related to optimism versus pessimism. Someone with unhappiness has pessimism. They also have hopelessness. Right, And so what we want to do, the answer there is to look for ways to increase hope. Look for ways to increase optimism. Sometimes when we're in the face of a problem, we feel like this is permanent. Well, if we look at our thought processes and, and reinterpret it, we now reinterpret, you know, what is an alternative interpretation, a powerful forward question? What is an, what's an alternative interpretation? An alternative interpretation is seeing this problem as temporary, not permanent, not pervasive, affecting all areas, but affecting one specific area, and not permanent. It's temporary. So now we're talking about having an optimistic, we're applying optimism to our problem, to this specific problem. So it's, and it's about building hope. You know, what do you see as a positive outcome in this situation? What might be a lesson learned or growth opportunity? How can we build up hope with genuine expectation opportunities, GEOs, um, expecting the best, seeing not problem thinking, but possibility thinking? What are the possibilities? So when it comes to the future, it's about increasing hope it's about increasing optimism, and it's about reinforcing a positive outlook rather than a negative outlook. So sometimes this is done by establishing a vision. What is a vision for my life? Or maybe what we're talking about is, what is the next chapter in my life? What is a vision for how I see the next chapter in the book of my life? Sometimes traditionally, as we've known for decades and decades, Really, there's setting goals. Goal setting is common. I like to do that with college students. You know, be, 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 besides the obvious, do well with these classes I'm taking. What are the goals here? Goal setting, establishing a vision, 
all of these related to the future um, involves increasing hope, optimism, and reinforcing that positive outlook. So if you take a step back, a lot of times things feel bad, right? Sometimes it's the ups and downs of life. We know that life is tough, right? Um, but what we want to do is not be a snake that strikes out, but I always like to remember to be an eagle, you know, visually. Sometimes it helps to give people a visualization. Visually, we're an eagle. We fly up and we take perspective. That's perspective broadening. We take a step back and, and what is the perspective here that we want to hold? And that's where the time technique comes into play. With the time technique, we're now thinking about we're thinking about where is our happiness, where is our unhappiness. Now, are we talking about the past where we need to increase our gratitude? If we're talking about the present, it's increasing flow, increasing pleasurable activities, and increasing or enlarging our, the meaning that we're experiencing. Or if we're talking about the future, it's about building hope, increasing optimism, and reinforcing a positive outlook. So I hope you find this helpful um, when working with your kids, tweens, and teens, and even adult children. The time technique, our relationship with time, as we think about ways we can take a hold of our life and look for new refresh refreshing, new perspective, new ways to build happiness in our life. This is Dr. Daniel Van Ingen with this week's parenting podcast on the time technique.